Welcome back. Mm, I'm going to do it again because each time it seems like I wipe my face. <laughs> I'm saying it. I got to stop doing it. Welcome back to Untranslated Islam. This is your brother, Ben Yusuf. And this is the place where we dig, find jewels, never been translated, translated for both you and I to benefit from. We were in our last sitting talking about the beauty, the love, the joy that's in the first ayat of Surah Al-Nasr. إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَاتِحَةِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا When the help of Allah comes and His victory, and you see the people entering into Islam, into the religion or the way of life of Islam, أَفْوَاجًا Because the deen is a way of life. The way of life of Islam, أَفْوَاجًا In droves. Now we get to فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا then say subhanallah and say alhamdulillah and say alhamdulillah and then make a istighfar or seek forgiveness for verily Allah is tawaba the one who's constantly accepting repentance right so what we want to deal with is that last ayah and why did Allah say to him وسلم, to make this la- to say this last ayah because he is our sunnah he's our example so we also are supposed to be doing the same thing that he's been told to do why and when okay all right so let's first get some things out the way i like to make sure i give you text directly and this right here is one of the texts that i didn't give to get a chance to give you um it's uh from nisa'i it was collected by nisa'i ibn abbas said yeah ibn utayba talking to utayba ibn, ibn Ute, abdullah ibn utayba uh he said, He said, Do you know what was the last surah uh, revealed from the Quran? Now we talk about entire surah. Okay. Uh, he said, Yes, I do. He said, Yes. Those three ayats were the last complete surah, the complete chapter. Okay, in this, in this entirety that was sent down to the Prophet or revealed to the Prophet, he said, Ibn Abbas, Sadaqt. Yes, you are correct. So now let's get into this and think about it. So when the ayat, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-Islam adina. I'm sure everyone's heard that ayah before. On this day, I have completed your religion and I have perfected for you, uh, upon you, my ni'mah or my favor. And I am pleased with the deen or the way of life is Islam as your way of life. When that came down, which was during the hajj, that last hajj that the Prophet ﷺ did, then we knew that all legislation had been done. All the legislation that we needed from here to Yom Qiyamah was done. So that was the last ayah of legislation. Because right before that statement, in that same ayah, is a long ayah. talk given legislation about what you can eat and what you can't eat. All right. Uh, so that was the last ayah of legislation. All right. The deen was complete. And then... Uh, after or around that same time, came, and that was the last surah. Okay, and then we know the very last ayah was what Yoman Turja'una fihi illallah, and fear the day 
when you have to return back to Allah. So that was the last ayah. And of course, this other surah, you realize in them there are no ahkam. There are no rulings or anything because the rulings, the judgments, the legislation have been done. Everything now are admonishments and like this and and reminders. All right. So we can imagine where this is going, right? Qal uh, al-Bukhari, Imam Bukhari said, and Sa'id ibn Jubair and ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas said, Qal, kana Umar. Okay, he said that Umar used to enter me into the sittings of the Ashiyakh. Okay, Ashiyakh, you may not have heard of, but if you hear the words, the, the, the root of it, Ashiyakh, it sounds like what? Sounds like Sheikh, right? There are some plural, different plurals to Sheikh. So we know Shuyukh, right? We know Meshayikh, right? And now this is a new one, Ashiyakh. Each one of them have a slightly different connotation. Shuyukh, Meshayikh, Ashiyakh. Okay? So all of them are different uh, plurals for a sheikh. All right? Which is, of course, the, in this situation, it was the people of the older people, the first Muslims, the ones who were the Muhajirin, the oldest ones, and they were also the ones who are oldest in age, the oldest in knowledge, oldest in, in, in everything. And these were the Ashiyakh Badr. The ones who the Prophet ﷺ said, it may be that after those people who participated in Badr, Allah said, I'malu ma shi'tum, fa'inni qad ghafartu lakum, or kama qal sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said that there may be that the people who participated in Badr, that Allah said about them, do whatever you want with the rest of your lives after Badr. For verily, I've already forgiven you. All right? That's how important this group was. So these were old men, experienced men, knowledgeable men, they were everything. And then he takes this young boy, Ibn Abbas, Ibn Abbas is a teenager at the time, and he brings him to these meetings with them. These are like the delegates, like the, the you know what I'm saying? So he's bringing this young boy into these meetings with them. These are serious meetings about which way to go with Islam, about getting advice and things like this. And he bring the young boy with him, okay? So, Ibn Abbas said about this. كان عمر يدخلني مع أشياخ بدر فكأن بعضهم وجد في نفسي. Okay, he said. So it, it, it's I recognize that they was feeling something about this. They're like, why you you know why 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 you why are you bringing this young boy up in here? This is these are the sittings of the, of the big people. You know the, the high level people. Why are you bringing this young boy in here? All right. Uh, so for call, they said one of them said. لما تدخل هذا معنا ولنا أبناء مثله. Why you why you let this young boy come up in here in these sittings with us great old men, and we got young boys too. We got sons too. Like we don't bring our sons because we know the seriousness of this, or the, the the level of these of these meetings. So why would you bring this young boy? In? Okay. So Umar said, إنه من من قد علمتم. He said because he is what y'all know about him. They knew. He's the one that the Prophet was, it was most beloved, one of the most beloved people to the Prophet He's the one that the Prophet grabbed him and made dua for him, for him to understand and be able to give that wheel of the Quran, explanation of the Quran. All right, so he's a whole nother level, Ibn Abbas, and he's the son of his uncle, Al-Abbas. Al-Abbas is a major, uh, uh, a major uh, character in Islam in his own right, to the point that when they made dua for rain, they made dua on the strength of Al-Abbas after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam died. Said the Prophet is no longer here. This is his uncle Abba Al-Abbas. 
That's how major Al Abbas was. This is his son. So he had level, all right? And Umar was one of those people who he understood and respected the level of people, even after the Prophet died. And the proof of that is another situation where, where Umar was the Khalifa, he, it was the, the, they had the spoils of war and they was rationing him out. And he had his son sitting right there, Ibn Umar, the son of Umar. And then, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, what's his, uh, Hudayfa, Usama, Usama, not, not Hudayfa, uh, 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 Usama Ibn, what was the son, the, 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 the adopted son of, of the Prophet Sallallahu Yes, yes, sir. Right? No. Allahu Akbar. Uh, Zaid, yes. Shukran. Usama Ibn Zaid came. Okay, so y'all know Zaid was the beloved adopted son of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi number one. And then Zaid married, uh, uh, the, the Prophet Sallallahu surrogate mother. Okay, so their child, Usama, was one of the most beloved things on the face of the earth. Okay, Um Amen was the surrogate mother of the Prophet Sallallahu that was with him his entire life. She used to call him her, my mother after my mother. She was there because she was the one who helped out his mom. She was the one who was there when his mom died, Um Amen. She was the one who brought him back to Mecca when after the mom died. And she was with him his whole life until he died. She was, she was an older woman. Her and, 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 and Zaid, which was his adopted son, they got married and they had Usama. Okay. So Usama comes and, uh, Umar gives Usama a nice portion of, of the, the spoils. So after he leaves away, he turns to his son and he says, I know you're probably thinking, why did I give him? A great portion. I gave you a small portion and you my son. He said, because he was more beloved to the Prophet Wasallam than you were. And his father was more beloved to the Prophet Wasallam than I am, than I was. Showing that he understood that there was levels to this. Okay. So, and the levels was based on knowledge, based on closeness to, to the Prophet Wasallam, based on the levels with a law. It's levels to this. So the point is, in this situation, he's bringing Ibn Abbas, and when they ask about it, he say, because of what y'all know about him. Y'all know how I do. I don't do anything except that it's based on knowledge. Okay? So, he said, Ibn Abbas said, فَدَعَهُمْ ذَاتَ يَوْمٍ فَأَدْخَلَهُ مَعَهُ فَأَدْخَلَهُ مَعَهُمْ So this must be uh, Sayyid ibn Jubair is to understand this part of the story. But anyway, he says, so, so Umar called him I gathered the the, the Ashiyah Badr on a certain day. And then he brought Ibn Abbas again and put Ibn Abbas right in the middle with him. Then he asked Ibn Abbas, he said, What? Okay, so now it says, So something went wrong here because I know that it's supposed to be talking directly from Abbas, but in this one little portion, it, it, it used the wrong uh, pronoun. But and he said, it said, Ibn Abbas said, And I didn't, I don't feel as though that he brought me and set me amongst them this day, except to remind them and show them why he does it. So he said, Umar ibn Khattab, he said, He said, to the Ashiyakh al-Badr, to the Mashaykh, he said, what do y'all say about the statement of Allah Jalla wa'ala idha jaa nasrullahi wal-fat, the whole surah he meant. They used to refer to surahs by the first ayah, by the first few words. So when he said that, he means the entire surah. What do y'all think? فَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَمْرَنَا أَنْ نَحْمَدَ اللَّهِ نَحْمَدَ حَمَدَ يَحْمِدُ 
ان نحمده ان نحمد الله ونستغفره اذا نصرنا وفتح وفتح علينا he says so some of the uh, some of the ashiyakh they said uh, Allah is commanding us that we say t- that we give him tahmid that we praise him and extol him and thank him and love him and we make forgiveness anytime that he gives us aid and allows something to be opened up for us or gives us some type of victory right and others they remained silent and didn't say anything then he turned to uh, 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 Omar turned to Ibn Abbas and said أكذلك تقول يا ابن عباس Is that what you say, Ibn Abbas? فقلت hmm? So I said لا, That's not what I say فقال ما تقول He said What do you say? فقلت He said I said هو أجل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أعلمه له He said This was the Allah جل وعلا Announcing to the Prophet That he was about to die that's what he said. His time had come to die and return to him. This is Ibn Abbas speaking. He said, when the help of Allah comes in, in, in his victory, then he gives a tafsir. He's saying that Allah said to the Prophet, then this is the sign that you're about to die and return to me. So make tasbih and make tahmid and ask for forgiveness because Allah is, is always accepting repentance because this is your final stage of the things you're supposed to be doing to prepare yourself because you're about to die and return to me. فقال عمر بن الخطاب بن عمر الخطاب said لا أعلم منها إلا ما تقول I don't know nothing about it except what you said to me, Ibn Abbas. Okay? And tafarrada bihi al-Bukhari. Imam Bukhari narrated this only. Okay? So now there's a whole nother angle. As the Mufassirin, all of them say, and we're going to read it. Does that mean that the Ashiyah Qubadda was wrong? No, they weren't wrong. But there's a whole nother level to this. Which is why you got to get into reading, get into tafsir. Because now we talked about all the joy of this sort of. Now we got to remember that this sword, every time we read it, and this is the last, this is just three ayat. This is the beginning of the end of our messenger. So I said, this is his announcement that he was about to leave here. The saddest affair that ever happened in Islam was his parting, his passing. And this is the ayat that let, or the swords that let him, or the ayat or the surah that let him know that that time had come. So, like I said, you have to feel all of this when you recite all right, so uh, okay, so regarding this, Al uh, Bazar and Al Bayhaqi, these are two uh, uh, gatherers of hadith. They said in both of their works, and Ibn and Ibn Umar, they collected that Ibn Umar uh, said, "Call." Unzilat هذه السورة that this surah was revealed إذا جاء النصر الله والفت على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أوسط أيام التشريق doing that you guys know in Hajj the أيام التشريق those last days this 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 uh, this surah was revealed to them to him on his last Hajj during that time okay فعرف أنه الوداع and so he knew immediately. That was his farewell. That, that that was the announcement of his farewell, which is why I remember we said Ibn Mas'ud used to call this a tawdi'. A tawdi'a means the farewell announcement. Okay? He knew that it meant that he's about to die, which is why if you pay attention to his last khutbah, he said, What? 
it may be that I'm not with you another year. Or I might not be with you too longer, much longer. Because Allah had already announced to him right in the midst of all that before he went and made that khutbah that your time has come to an end. All right. You guys all know right? Uh, I didn't know he had Qaswa all that time. I didn't know that. Uh, so he says, so after when when after he got that sort of revealed to him, then he called for his riding beast, Al Qaswa. So we know that was the camel that he rode into Medina on, right? That was the one who came and they said, based on where he sits, that's where we're going to place the message, right? When he walked in, when he got into Medina. Huh? So, ثُمَّ قَامَ فَخَطَبَ النَّاسِ So, he got Qaswa. After he revealed, those eyes revealed, he knew, okay, that's my death, my death call. He went, and that's when he delivered that, what we call the farewell speech. Okay? So, that's very touching. Because now, there's a whole context to إِذَا جَاءَ النَّصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ Alright? Uh, and he says, that's what he says, فَذَكَرَ خُطْبَتَهُ الْمَشْهُورَ all right. وَقَالَ الْحَافِظُ الْبَيْهَقِي How much time we got? We good? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and I, and also on Ibn Abbas, نَزَلَتْ إِذَا جَاءَ النَّصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْ When the إِذَا جَاءَ النَّصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْ came, دَعَى رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ فَاطِمَ He called his daughter Fatima, or, you know, actor to come. And he said, إِنَّهُ قَدْ نُعِيَتْ إِلَيَّ نَفْسِي Verily, my death has been announced to me. Allah has announced my death. He said this to his daughter, Fatima. Okay, because she was the last daughter that he had there. And the most beloved and the one that was the most like him, the one who walked like him, talked like him, act like him, everything. Said that nobody re- uh, 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 resembled the Prophet Sallallahu like his daughter, Fatima, the most beloved. Okay, and that's Ali's uh, Ali's uh, wife. All right. So, and Hassan Hussein's mom. Okay. Fabeket. So, she cried from Madahiket. Then she laughed. Waqalat. Uh, 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 so when she was asked, she was asked later, and she, Aisha asked her immediately, and she said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tell the secret of the Prophet so he gave me after he died. And it was only six months, uh, 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 between his death and her death. But right after he died, I, she came to him and said, so what was it that happened that, you told, that he told you that made you laugh and then made, made you cry and then made you laugh? She said, he told me that Allah had announced to him his death. There was time for him to go. So I cried. And then he said, be patient because you're going to be the first one that's going to come, that's going to be connected to me right after me. Meaning you're going to come uh, shortly after. And she laughed out of joy. Now, some people might think, oh my gosh, she just got announced her death. Shouldn't that make her scared? You, you got to get into the Islamic mind frame, okay? The Prophet Sallallahu is going to be buried in Medina. Fatima is going to be buried in Medina. If you read or study the the different books, um, tafsir even, Allah Jalla says, Allah yatawaffal anfus hina mawtiha wallati lam tamut fi manamiha fayumsiku allati qada alayha almaut wa yursil al-ukhra ila ajalim musamma. He said, Allah is the one who takes the souls of the people at death and takes other souls while they're asleep. In the tafsir it says, this is the proof that these souls that are asleep and the souls that are dead are able to visit each other sometimes. So some of you may have seen before that someone comes to you in a dream that's passed away, 
Okay. And they speak to you and you know that you're talking to them and they're talking to you. I know, I know situations like that. This is the proof that those souls he allowed them to mix sometime because as the prophet said, said that this, the death is the uh, sleep is the cousin of death. And then he says in the same ayah, he says, so the ones who it was decreed upon them of death, they're dead. Then Allah, of course, keeps them. And the other ones he sends back for their until their term is appointed, meaning he makes them wake up and they're not dead. Uh-huh. And this is a great ayah for the people who think deeply about the Quran. So the point is, is that if that's the alive and the dead, imagine the fact that she's going to be in Al-Baqiyah, in the grave of the Sahabas, and the Prophet is going to be right there in Medina with him. So, it's, and there's many different different hadith about this. If we, inshallah, we go through the, the, the book of Ahwal al-Kubur from Ibn Rajib, and he, he has a whole chapter about this and about the souls visiting up with each other, both live, life and dead. And the ones that are dead are allowed to meet and visit each other, which is one of the reasons why it's one of the blessed, most blessed places to die in Medina. Because it's a chance that your soul will have a chance to have a meeting with the Sahabas and the Prophet Sallallahu himself. That's a whole other chapter or topic. But the point is, so this is why she would have happiness, okay? Because she's going to be able to meet up with him after death. So this is what made her smile, okay? Uh, hmm. I'm going to try to do this muhtasir on... Uh, how much time? Yeah. All right. I'm asking you continue or let's make it into a, one more small, one more small class. Okay. All right. Let's do it. All right. So, <clears throat> okay. Another narration from Imam Ahmed. He said, Ibn Abbas again. Ibn Abbas. And you see all of these from Ibn Abbas, right? That's why Umar put him in there. Ibn Abbas, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Ibn Abbas, like when I studied tafsir, Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud, they're the key people to go to. Key people to go to for all the tafsir, all tafsir. Their students, Ikraman, Dahak, uh, uh, all their different students. Everything leads back to an Ibn Abbas, an Ikrimah, an Ibn Abbas, an uh, uh, Ibn Mas'ud. Ibn Abbas is the one for tafsir. Okay? He had that level. So you see all these different hadith. That's the tafsir of the, of the Quran, isn't it? So if he has tafsir, that means he has the most, uh, all these hadith from the Prophet. He was a walking mountain of knowledge. So all these different narrations I'm giving you is from Sa'id ibn Jubair and from Ibn Abbas. Anyway, this one again, Sa'id ibn Jubair and Ibn Abbas. He said that I'm going to be taken, uh, I'm going to be, uh, my death was announced and sure enough he was taken within that year. Okay. And some of the narrations said within a few months after the Hajj, he was taken. All right. Um, uh, وقال الطبراني عن إكرمة عن ابن عباس again لما نزلت إذا جاء نصر الله وفات حتى ختم الصورة قال نعيت نعيت لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم نفسه هنا نزلت قال فأخذ بأشد ما كان قط اجتهاد في أمر الآخرة and this is the point of In another narration It said that when this was revealed He had gotten his death announcement So he went ashad, As strong as most intense As he had ever been uh, With all of his striving To prepare himself 
for his next life. So that's making closest to Allah. That's making istighfar. That's making tasbih. That's making tahmid. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanallah azim. That's all of that. Istighfar. Tawbah. All of that, which is that last ayat of this surah. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَابَ is what? Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, astaghfirullah, wa'atubu wa'atubu And I told you the other narration, which is the one I say, is you talk directly to Allah. Subhanaka wa bihamdika astaghfiruka wa'atubu ilayk. Okay, so you can do either one. And there's many different narrations of this. And you do this in Rukur and Sujood. Okay, there are some people who thought that all you can say in Sujood is to make tasbih and tahmid. Subhanallah, subhanahu uh, But uh, based on a, a hadith like this, it shows that you can also make a stikfar and toba in your Rukur also. Okay, so he said he did this in his Rukur and in his Sujood. All right, and I'm saying all this because this is what we have to do. Because I was going to wait to the end, but I'll say it right now. You feel this. And you say, Alhamdulillah, that Allah Jalla announced to him his death. He doesn't announce to us our death. So this is the reason why we're supposed to be doing that as much as possible all the time. But then if something happens like when you get sick or something happens when you're in a hospital or something happens, then you're supposed to get even deeper. huh? If you got some mission or some journey to go on where you know it might cost you your life, you get even deeper. You got to travel somewhere where it might be a little dangerous, you even deeper. Okay? Because you don't know what's going to happen. So the whole point is to make deep, even deeper closeness to Allah. All right, let's finish this out with Sheikh with means comments. فَالَّذِي فَسَّرَ بِهِ بَعْضُ الصَّحَابَ مِنْ جُلَسَاءِ عُمَرَ رَضِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ مِنْ أَنَّهُ قَدْ أَمَرَنَا إِذَا فَتَحَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْنَا الْمَدَائِنَ Let me start translating. Ibn Sheikh with means said, so the, now pay attention. He said, he said, now pay attention. Even though Ibn Abbas said that, the statement that those Ashiyakh Badr made wasn't incorrect. Okay. He said the statement that they made about, uh, that when you, uh, when Allah gives you some type of help and victory, uh, whether it's victory in war or victory in any type of situation that we make tahmid or say alhamdulillah and we nashkurhu, say subhanallah and nusabihu and nusalli and we nastaghfir. He said, this is ma'ana malihun sahih. This is exactly correct. All right. And then Ibn Kathir break, brings a, a point of that, a proof of that from a hadith. He said, He said, the proof of this is that on the day when the Prophet had victory of Mecca, during the time of duha, okay, we all know to walk the duha, right? It's around 10, 15 in the morning is when, and over here, we recognize when it was because it's just as the prophet said. He said, when the animals start to lay down close to the ground because of the heat, that's how I recognize what duha was. We was in the village, there's animals everywhere. And when it started getting hot, they would all start to lay real close to the dirt and start to rub themselves in the dirt to cool off because it's getting hot, which is around 10, 15, 10, 30 every morning. This is the time of duha. So at that time, he went and he made eight rakat. So some of the people said, nah, that was the Salatul Subh. They said no, because he didn't make Salatul Subh when he was traveling and they traveled and stayed there for a period of time. So this is how we knew that it was specifically a, 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 a um, specific Salat for when you open up or for when you have some type of victory. Okay. So it says, وَهَكَذَا فَيُسْتَحَبْ He said, وَإِنَّمَا كَانَتْ صَلَاةُ الْفَتْحِ So they call it the prayer of Fatah. 
the prayer of victory. Okay, when you have a victory like this, it's a prayer that the prophet from the Sunnah. You don't have to do it, but it's a should do it. It's a prayer that the prophet Sallallahu did. Okay, and he said. يستحب لأمير الجيش إذا فتح بلد أن يصلي فيه أول ما يدخله ثمانية ركعات. And so if there's a situation where the army and they enter and gain victory over land for the sake of Allah, then the leader of that army should go and make uh, eight ركعات uh, in thanks to Allah. All right. وهكذا فعل سعد ابن أبي وقاص يوم فتح المدائن. Okay. And Sa'ad, who you guys know, this what he used to do. Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqas when he opened different lands. He would do that. That's Sunnah. Okay. Uh, uh, and you, you, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. It's just saying that you have to, after every two rakats, you give salams because there was some narrations that said he didn't. They said, no, the strongest opinion is that he did. All right. Okay. So I think we're going to stop here because everything else, like I said, I want to keep it muhtasar. Oh, okay. We're doing, we're trying to keep it down and keep it abridged. So, okay. I'm going to close out right there. And if there's anything else that I feel like I needed to say, then inshallah, I'll cover it in some other type of lesson at another time. But I'm just looking to make sure. Yeah, I think that that's good enough. All right. So the point is, is, is that we have to know. And that's why I said when I do tafsir, I'm sorry, I got to give it to y'all the way it was given to, given to me. And you have to have some patience and just turn your heart on because that's what gives you the patience. We used to sit in six hour classes. There's no way to sit in that unless your heart is open and you just letting it pour in. Like I told y'all before, Allah says about the kufar. And they drink the ajil when, when they was worshiping the calf, worshiping the calf, the one they got punished for, the, the children of Israel. He said they drank this into their hearts because of their disbelief. So we got to drink in this, 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 all of this benefit because of our iman. Okay. So you got to open up your hearts. And you got to let it pour in. You got to drink it in. Because once you drink it in there, that's the thing that's going to make you feel it. Allah says that is it not by the remembrance of Allah that your heart becomes tranquil? And he says about the other people. He says about the other people. He said, do they have eyes? Uh, which to see with, hearts to which to fill with, or eyes which to see with. For verily, it is not the eyes that start to, start to get blind, but it's the heart that's in the chest that gets blindness. So we got to choose what side we're going to be on. And sometimes it's going to take a little longer than we might expect to do something. But when you step away, inshallah, if you keep this, when you stand in Salat, you're going to look at Surah Al-Nasr totally different. You're going to feel it totally different. You may be to stand there and just recite. Just stop and just contemplate. As long as you stand there, you're getting blessing. You're getting reward the whole time you're standing there. And when you start thinking, you ain't going to even think about how long you're standing there. Think about the victory. Think about the aid that Allah has given you. Have you shown thankfulness to him? Have you shown thankfulness? Think about the beauty of that day. Think about what it did for Islam. To this day, everybody goes to the Kaaba and can pray. You've been to the Kaaba and pray. That Kaaba is only opened up because of this day. رأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا 
all the Muslims that you went past in order to get to that Kaaba. Didn't just say not even think about that. All the Muslims you got in your family and your community, all of that is because of this day. Victory from Allah, help from Allah, the one who can change whatever you're going through right now, upside down, 180 degrees. You just keep thinking about it, thinking about the things connected. What are you doing right? What are you doing wrong? What is in the situation is good to be thinking for? What situation is wrong and it's because of yourself that you need to ask for forgiveness for? You, you see what I'm saying? So the whole point is, is that you start to think about it and you just stand there and contemplate. Allah will bring it all to you. That's what the Sahabas used to say. They said the blessing of Allah upon someone is that everything is connected to something else good. So when you have a good thought that makes it stick far for, he'll bring you another good thought that makes it stick far for. I mean, a, a, a thought of bad, that you did bad, that you didn't make it stick far for, his blessing, his goodness upon you is that he brings you another thing that's connected to that that makes it stick far for. When you have think of something of good that, that, that he blessed upon you, his, the, the, his blessing is that he connects it to another thing that's good. So you just stand in there. Standing there and you be thinking a lot and crying because you're happy or your tears start crying because you realize that you've fallen, you've fallen short of your thanks to Allah. Whichever way, you'll forget your standing. Trust me, especially if you're doing it in the middle of the night. But anytime, you'll forget your standing. We're going to close out right here, inshallah. This is your brother Ben Yusuf. And let's keep getting these hasanat. We'll dig. We'll bring it to you. Let's apply it to our lives, inshallah. Till next time. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi إلا محسن فمن الذي يدعو يا 